Good morning and welcome to Talk Clarity. I'm your host, Coach Clarity. We'll continue on with Segment 5 on the Neuroscience of Trauma with Haley, the therapist. Go to therapy immediately. Find some safe outlet and start to work on that. Start to process it because it's going to be a lot easier on you and your body if you tackle it early than if you let it fester and rot. Let's go ahead and um, I wanted to, to jump into um, human trafficking a little bit in adolescence. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these, um, you know, these be- extreme behaviors that are developing from these children that have been abused or not abused. You're seeing them both. Um, and then you're seeing, you know, things on the rise and a pull into um, human trafficking. And, and I really won't get too much into human trafficking today. Maybe we, we can touch on this a little bit more, but I want people to understand what are the warning signs in children and adolescents when they're being targeted by a predator. How can a parent or a school resource officer or a teacher or a parent's you know, a friend of a parent that maybe might see something, um, what can they watch for? What are the the warning signs and the red flags. Any type of grooming, grooming behaviors. So what this might look like is, I mean, step one is get involved in your kids. Know what they're watching, know who they're talking to on their phones, who they're on Snapchat, like, you know, and, and these guys will go to, to their schools and just like stake out. So if you're in like a parent in a carpool or something and you see the same car, you know, like, just scoping it out and they don't seem to be picking up kids. Like you can pick up on that stuff and say, mm, that's a little, that's a little weird. And that way you could just go to the school and be like, Hey, there's this guy in a parking lot. Like maybe you want to, you know, or girl, like it's a woman too. Like they're, they're everywhere. Um, and they like to stay hidden and they like to have a helping role in some sort, the perpetrators. So if someone's trying to help your kid and they seem a little bit too more friendly, like on that front, uh, that would be huge red flags for me. If, um, you know, and they're getting, they're getting so crafty. They're getting so crafty. Like they'll start by saying like, you know, don't tell your, your parents. And so your kids won't they won't bring it up because they're scared to, but you can, you can know if your kid is off and if they're like having secretive behaviors, if they take their phone into, you know, the bathroom or that's why, like with my kids, like they leave their phones. I mean, there's only one that has a phone right now, but um, they leave their phones with me at night. So they like, you, you restrict as much access to them as possible and protect them. Social media is huge. Um, social media on grooming is, is huge. So have that conversation of like, don't give out your, your age, don't give out your, uh, your address, your phone number, any like personal identifiers about you. Um, there's some safe apps that you can use that you can control, like who they talk to on those apps. And, um, you know, you can request your kids instead of texting the kids, like do FaceTime. 
so you know who who they're talking to because you you never know like I've seen it to where parents pick up their kids phones and pretend to be their kids and groom the kids on the other end like it's so true what you're saying you know it's interesting years ago I had a conversation with a friend that I worked with who had described a situation where her mom had been a teenager and sold into um, human trafficking here in the U.S. And I think uh, she had mentioned that he was around 30, maybe 40 years old. Um, and as a result, you know, of it, um, she had four children, my incredible friend being one of them. And to hear the story of her mom coming out on the other end and what this family has done with their lives as well as my friend um, who yeah, no, herself went through some severe trauma and has come out on the other end. She's, she did the, the testing that you mentioned where you go in and you, you test your, your trauma score and she ranked about as high as you can get on it. Um, just a positive, beautiful person inside and out, went through therapy, has come out on the other end, just an incredible person, is married, and has a beautiful family now. So, you know, there, there, is, there is hope. Um, I do have one other story that I want to share. I know a mom who, whose um, children had been abused many, many years ago, and um, they... You know, they were just, they were toddlers. And, you know, this father was no longer in this family's life anymore. And, you know, you, you, you see the whole, you know, picture of, like, you know, you know, both children developing pain disorders and what this family went through. Heartbreaking to see on all sides. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you, you know, you take for, you know, these these, you know, these children that, um, these are good kids, good kids, and um, sweet, intelligent, creative, fun, alive, you know, just kind of changing one day on, on this, on the single mom that I used to know many years ago, and, you know, she started to watch these extreme behaviors, surface and she you know you know talking with her she knew her children loved her she knew it she just didn't understand um you know what would cause some of these aggressive behaviors you know to the point of they really didn't care whether their mom was alive or dead and what they had to do in order to get what they wanted mm -hmm. and you know ended up leaving and and you know, falling victim to a possible um, child sex trafficking scenario. And to my understanding, both those girls still aren't home. Um, it was a couple, I think it was like two girls and a boy, but they're still not home. And um, You know, and in talking with her, she was just so blindsided. She's going, you know, telling me I did everything I could. I had them in therapy. 
um, people used to say, you know, that, that, that our family was perfect and we had it all together. Yeah. So, and we're talking about three out of four are abused by a parent or a caregiver. How does the, a parent that's trying to navigate that storm, you know, throughout the years, how, how do they navigate those next steps? And how does law enforcement properly handle this? Guarding at litems, because we're talking about, you know, a child that's been through trauma. And really what they need is help. They need a diagnosis. They need a treatment. They need, they need love. They need support. And they're thrown into this different world or this different life. And families are being destroyed. And you're seeing it time and time again where courts are getting involved. And rightfully so, they should be getting involved in abusive cases and, and, and cutting off contact where there's abuse. Um, but however, you're, you're seeing situations where you know, these, these children are doing things and they're getting what they want. And you have guardian items that are coming in and saying, well, I'm going to do whatever the child wants. If she wants to go live with this older guy, or if he wants to go live with this older girl that he's had a relationship for four years that you didn't know about, there's no law against it. They're going to go live with this older predator, basically. And you're just going to let him go off with her. And because, because there's no awareness or there's no, there's no um, adjacent, the court's so heavily involved in trying to keep children safe and, and family reunification, you know, and, but yet they don't understand that once they've kind of severed that and created that protection for them, what, what develops later? What's, you know, some of the things and tendencies that are happening later? So how do we work together as a whole and as a community? I mean, how do, how do we come together so this doesn't continue to happen? Because this is so heartbreaking. I know, I know. So when you were talking about the family that you knew, um, a couple of things that popped up into my head about that is that that's a trauma for the mother too. You know, I think that kids definitely can cause trauma to their parents. And I think as parents, like if we, you know, like if we don't know how to navigate it, like that's, that's a huge blow to us too, because we are trying everything that we can in order to help our kids. We love our kids. We want to protect our kids. We want to keep them in a bubble forever. You're not dating till you're 50, damn it. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and I think too, like if they get pulled into a system right? To where doctors don't believe them and moms are just trying to, you know, I've, I've seen this with multiple families, uh, especially in Utah. I can't speak for the other states, but I can say in Utah specifically, I have seen so many cases like this um, where the, the mother is just, or, or father too. I've seen it both ways. Like they're just like, I don't know what to do. I don't have any answers. I don't have any help. And so that's where it's my job to kind of unwire like what do they need, right? What is it exactly like that they're looking for? And, and they're just looking to be heard. They're looking to be understood and they're looking for answers. And sometimes if you don't have answers, then you have to go through a grieving stage and a loss stage. And I mean, there's, it's so complex basically on, on that. But I think too, uh, with the court systems, we know that they're, they're not 100% and no field is. I mean, we all, we all struggle. 
I think too that the courts um, base a lot of their stuff off of evidence. And I know like I have some really great connections with detectives and law enforcement, and I know that they try their best. They really do. I know some good hearted individuals that are there for you 150%. And I know some individuals who aren't, right? And I think that you find that anywhere. But I think what really needs to happen is that if they can't find anything, let's say, you know, the DCFS, right? They do an investigation and they can't find enough evidence to go to court and trial. And that happens a lot, right? So I think um, there needs to be guards in place to get them help then. You know, there's, this abuse allegation came from somewhere, from somebody. So whatever that is, there's a problem and we got to find the root of it. Now, the, the issue with that is resources, money, you know, what can we do to support this? I think that as interagencies, we can talk more. I think that would really help. I think, you know, having open lines of communication and of course there's like HIPAA, so like we can't, right? So open lines of communication, if we can get to a world where that's, you know, allowed, um, to, to communicate more as an interdisciplinary team. That's why you see like these integrative treatment centers opening up, right? Doctors, psychiatrists, um, you know, mental health therapists, and they're all working together as a team. And this is why like MAPS, the, the study with MDMA, that's why they're being so effective because they're doing it as an interdisciplinary team. So if we can work with the community to create these teams and communicate with each other on what the needs are, I think that the system will run a lot better than it does now because you have separate entities that are doing separate things and things get lost in translation. Wow. Well, it's so important, you know, for the, the child, the teenager to be heard. Yeah. You know, three out of four is pretty, pretty dang. Um, I just, it, it, honestly, it just breaks my heart. Um, so it's so important for us to really come together and work together all as a team. But I also think that it's, you know, Im important to, to educate what trauma looks like over time and what that picture is going to look like. Um, Why our prisons are so overrun. Well, yeah, you've got extreme behaviors. You, I mean, you know, I don't believe a child would ever try to hurt their mom or their dad and make allegations against them that aren't true on their own. So what you have here, though, is a society and and narcissism specifically and BPD are on the rise exponentially, exponentially. We know this. But what do you do when you have all this trauma and not enough resources to help it? We need to get more resources into play. That's definitely for sure. On that note, though, you talk about, you know, two specific ones, you know, quite often through this, and it's narcissistic and borderline. I'd like mm -hmm. to actually go into it because it seems to be the two areas you're, you're touching in on more. They seem to be almost more, um, like we're faced with it, I would say more. Mm-hmm. So what, what yeah. would a, well, let's get into narcissistic first. What doesn't, what, what are some behaviors we would see in a narcissistic personality disorder in adolescent? 
what would a school resource officer, a teacher, maybe a friend's parent, you know, what are they, what are they going to see? The biggest sign is manipulation through words. Narcissists love to use the words you are or you made me or you. So they, they start off with you and then they tie it to something about your identity that they pick up on, right? You're just being crazy. They picked up some subconsciously that you're insecure about yourself and crazy means insecure to them, right? Verbiage is everything. Language is everything. And I, that's why I say to my clients, like, watch what you say, watch what you say to other people and watch what you say to yourself because verbs and words, like it's so important. So you'll see them try and manipulate. They'll, they'll triangulate. They'll play mom against dad. They'll start to use, um, you know, statements of like, oh, I'm so brave, or I'm so, look at me in this. And like, they become very uh, flashy if, if they're, you know, overtly narcissistic, if they're grandiose, right? Which is, I think, not as common and like from what I've seen as like the covert narcissists that are like behind closed doors that will say something to your face, but then go around and do a smear campaign right behind your back to everybody else, Right. And I think that happens more often than not. Wow. And on borderline, what behaviors is somebody going to see? And maybe you could give us some examples. Self-harming is huge. Self-harming and emotional reactivity. So very emotionally dysregulated. You'll see this with mood swings and you'll see them lying a lot. Narcissists lie too, but borderlines lie for attention. They create something, but here's the thing. The lie to them is, is not, it, it's, it's seated within a truth of reality for them. So the way that they perceive the trauma is a lot different than maybe a person who, you know, is, is more well-equipped to more, you know, emotionally intelligent or more, they've had a really good mentor in their life. Like borderlines, they don't. They don't have that. So they go off of feelings and they run off of emotions. And so they express things through emotions and they make things up and they, they make it out to be bigger than it is because they feel insecure inside and they feel not good enough and unworthy and broken. And so they want to make themselves look better or make the self like they create chaos. So you'll pay attention because they're not getting attention in another way. And really they're not looking for attention. They're looking for connection. They're looking for joy. They're looking for bonding. They're looking for understanding. They're looking to be heard, whatever they're saying. And that's why I say like, we're for borderlines and narcissism, read between the lines of what they're saying, because it's not actually the words coming out of their mouth. It's what they're interpreting. Like I can, I can pick up on what a narcissist and borderline personality disorder, like what they're saying and what it truly means just based off of the words that they use, because it's very telling if you know what to look for. If you know what to look for most, most, you know, adults at schools that in, in, you know, the court system, they don't understand. They don't, they don't get it. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
So self-harming behaviors are huge. Um, so if, if they're cutting, if they have cuts, if they, if they wear long sleeves all the time and it's hot outside, that's, you know, like I start to ask, ask questions. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen and that. Usually, usually cutters will do it in places that are, you're not more, they're not extremely visible unless um, they're really wanting attention. So I would look up on their shoulders and, and typically they'll hide it like within their groin area. Um, or like I've seen them like underneath their fingernails. I mean, it, the biggest thing is they do it alone and in confidence. And that's what makes it so dangerous. And so if they know that they have some sort of support out there, then maybe, you know, just maybe it might help them. Uh, trials that we were talking about and then developingchild.harvard.edu and I'll give you this link as well um, is where you can go to learn about developing children and you know what trauma does to them and resources to help and for like therapists uh, psychologytoday.com is a really good one um, that I use and then um, you know it's the only real tool that I trust in <laughs> to provide really good information for you so well we appreciate your time today mm -hmm. yeah Haley, the therapist from trauma agility mm -hmm. uh you'll have there'll be information to link um on this um on this podcast where people are going to be able to find you um there's also going to be information and links with some of the recommendations that you've um, mentioned that can help our community, our parents, maybe even our children, children that are involved listening to this, help them tap into uh, some of those connections. We really appreciated having you on the show today. We wish you all the best with Trauma Agility and thank you. Thank you. That concludes our last segment for this series. We hope you enjoyed this series and can't wait to see you back next week on our brand new series on behaviors, both negative and positive behaviors, tapping into even borderline and narcissistic behaviors, relational behaviors, relationship behaviors. We hope you have a wonderful week and take care. Mm -hmm.